shoe sizes, known for being numbers. Famous for that. Nobody thinks much about them, so let's have some fun. Let's find out why shoe sizes are secretly incredibly fascinating. Welcome to a whole new podcast episode, a podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone. I'm joined by Brett Rader and by Shelby Wolstein. Brett Rader is a returning guest, old pal. He was essential to everything we were doing with the Cracked podcast back when that was a thing, and with Kurt Vonnegut's when that was a thing until it wrapped up naturally. Those might be two podcasts you know me from, so really grateful to Brett for, for his collaboration on those things. He's currently a producer of many things over at Yahoo Sports, and then Brett is a wonderful guest all over podcasting, just everywhere. And then Shelby Wolstein is a very, very funny comedian. She's also the co-host of an excellent podcast called Keeping Records. That's a show over at HeadGum. The, the basic premise is that they bring guests on to select things for a new golden record for a new Voyager satellite, if we did that. I don't know if people know the story of Voyager. I will link some things about that. But it had some golden LP records that we, we tried to put the most important things in the world on. And so on Shelby's podcast, Keeping Records, they develop a new record with a new guest every week. I am so glad she and Brett are here to dive into this topic today. Also, I've gathered all of our zip codes and used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that I recorded this on the traditional land of the Catawba, Eno, and Shikori peoples. Acknowledge Brett and Shelby each recorded this on the traditional land of the Gabrielina Wartongva and Keech and Chumash peoples. And acknowledge that in all of our locations, native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode. And today's episode is about shoe sizes, which is a patron pick. Many, many thanks to Austin Gallman-Brown for that suggestion, and, and to the rest of the patrons and the fans for, for choosing such an absolutely perfect topic for this show. Really grateful Austin had that idea. I don't think I would have thought of it otherwise. Also, as far as how international we get with this, me and Brad and Shelby are all from the United States. Also, in my research, I found out that the roots of the United States system match up with the British system and many other systems related to that. So this, this show will mostly talk about U.S. sizes and the related British sizes and, and other kind of knock-on sizes from there. If you are in continental Europe or if you are in Asia, your shoe sizing system is different and we will talk about why. Uh, but beyond that, we mostly talk about U.S. shoe sizes as we go. I still think it's an amazing episode for you because most of the stories are about, uh, you know, how the human body works and just how strange the entire world can be. Anyway, I think that's all the setup you need. Please sit back or prop your feet up on top of your desk like you are a sheriff or an executive. Those are those are the two things I associate that with. Either way, here's this episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with Brett Rader and Shelby Wolstein. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then.
Brad Shelby, it is so good to have you. And uh, of course, I always start by asking guests their relationship to the topic or opinion of it. Either of you can start, but how do you feel about shoe sizes? This one's kind of a, this one's a bit of a slam dunk. Shelby, if you want to take it. <laughs> no, you, hey, you go ahead. <laughs> All right. I got, I got two feet and I often wear two shoes and I'm familiar with my own shoe size. Although sometimes it's different depending <laughs> on if I'm buying from one sneaker company or a different one. They yeah. like to keep me on my toes a bit. Oh, on your toes. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. How um, perfect is this, right? Yeah. yeah keep you on your idioms, <laughs> shoes. <laughs> my shoe size, I, my mom always told me that her feet could fit into like any shoes within three sizes. And that's always been how she's also treated because I had hand-me-downs and my sister's feet were bigger. I think she was just trying to be like, we don't need to buy you new shoes. They can fit up or down. So I was always like, <laughs> I was always like, yeah, I can fit into like a seven and a half, but I could also fit into a six. And it's what that means is that I'm a six, <laughs> but I can like, I can like get roomy into. So like, I always was confused by my own shoe size. Cause my mom was like, you just adapt. And I was like, okay. Right. You can always go up, right? You can always just get it. Like anyone can theoretically Size wear up. a boat, yeah. you know, it's fine. Yeah. yeah, you can put your foot in it. It's smaller, it's hard. You can't get in there. But bigger, I mean, you can get in there. And as long as you're not falling out, you know, you're fine. And I used to like stuff my shoes for amusement parks because I was really short. And so a bigger shoe actually was really helpful because you could get a little bit more in there. Wait, like stuff it so you're taller for getting on a ride? Yeah. Is that right? Like yeah. you're stuffing under your foot? Yeah. Oh, this is interesting. I, I didn't know people do this. This is great. Yeah, you got to get a couple more short, short friends. We we had a whole kind of community <laughs> around putting, so you go into like that bathroom, you put the tissue in, and then you get, you know, three, four inches. Because I'm, I'm both tall and afraid of roller coasters. So that was never, like, <laughs> I, had, no I, I had the ability and didn't use it ever either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's tough for me to hear, but we were, I was all about that. <laughs> my amusement park thing growing up was like because I grew up in LA too so there's there's lots of amusement parks it would always be someone right. like oh someone you know got a boot like a like a surgical walking boot from their brothers like they they show up to <laughs> Disneyland they're like oh I had surgery I need um I need to get a front of the line pass Ass pass yeah yeah so and yeah. they don't even really ask but they're just like sure if you this is you know, this is probably bad and, and like ableist in some way, but like it was just like, oh, I had surgery or, oh, I had, uh, you know, I, t I tore my ACL last month, but I still wanted to go to Disneyland. So I'm here and uh, they just let you go. Yeah. The injury version feels OK, right? That's fine. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. it was never it was never like, oh, I'm dying. Please let me go. Please. To the my, my dying wish is to get one last thrill. <laughs> Please. No, it was always like, oh, yeah. I sprained my knee at football practice and but I got this brace on, so I can't wait in line. <laughs> Anyways, great yeah. stuff. Great information about shoes so far. And and yeah, and Shelby, you, you generally shared your shoe size. I'm a, I'm a size twelve men's US and I feel I feel like once I feel like it was a just constant process of being measured until it evened out, you know, like I, I felt like I was never done until I had gotten my adult height. And then it was like, OK, now we know what he is. He can just order online. Doesn't matter. 
Yeah. I mean, that rocks. I also can wear little kids shoes as long as it's like with it. But so that's a different size. So I'm always sort of doing some math. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) It's not easy. (laughs) You gotta, (laughs) there's like a size and a half difference, I think, but I can fit into them and they're cheaper. They're like always like a $50 cheaper than adult shoes. Oh, that's a, that's a racket. Yeah. Especially, I mean, with like, going out shoes or things like that it's like i don't really want to wear like a kitten heel but um like for kids <laughs> but for like sneakers like especially basketball shoes they're priced so high so like if you mm. want a pair of Kyrie's and you're gonna pay like uh what is it like 140 you can instead get them for like 80 bucks for kids that's awesome it's a dream we're, we're just helping people out today folks yeah do this i'm here for tips <laughs> yeah measure your measure your feet Get one of those devices that well, I know we'll talk about later and find out what kid size you are and go to like Adidas.com. Like, no, I need, yeah. I need a kid's 23. Right. Just like some of not. No, it's like, oh, you sure you don't want yeah immense adult size? Yeah. No, no. I want a kid's one. Save me money. <laughs> My nephew is very busy and I am here to acquire them. <laughs> He's very large. He's very huge. You wouldn't believe it. I think that would work. Please don't be mean to him. He's really sensitive about it. (laughs) (laughs) Just give him the 23, please. Brad, since you've foreshadowed slightly, I think we can get into the first chunk of the show. It's very exciting. Because on every episode, our first fascinating thing about the topic is a quick set of fascinating numbers and statistics. This week, that's in a segment called... I'm counting it my all, but I'm not the facts you're taking home. Ooh... I'll keep stats in on my own. And uh, that name was submitted by Mick Sloan. We have a new name every week. Please make them as silly and wacky and bad as possible. Submit to SifPod on Twitter or to SifPod at gmail.com. Thank you, Mick. At first, I didn't know where it was going, but uh, once it got to the chorus, I was like, oh, yes. And <laughs> yeah, my, we're my anthem about stats. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. First number we'll do here is 1925, uh, and that's a year. 1925 is when the Brannock device was invented. It turns out the Brannock device is the name for that like metal measuring tool that, at least when I was a kid, all shoe stores used to measure feet. That's the one with kind of scoops on each end to put your feet in. Those are kind of gross, huh? We're all just kind of putting our feet on them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? Hmm. Yeah. And usually bare. I don't think people were often wearing socks on this. Oh, now I'm trying to remember. And and also I wonder if it's different for like ladies, nice pumps or heels or something versus men's sneakers where you're just like in a gym sock, you know, but either way, a lot lot of foot touching. I feel like if you don't have socks, or at least my recollection is that there were sort of loner socks, sort of like if you showed up to PE class without your PE clothes, you get the loners and everyone would shout loner at you, but with <laughs> socks at a store in the mall. But they had, I maybe we had different, listen, you're from LA, fancier socks. If, oh, I'm from yeah. Cleveland. We were sort of, we were doing what we could have oh, done. Yeah, yeah. Blue collar socks. We had, yeah, yeah, we had like those like the real socks, really the real thin America. they're like tights <laughs> but they were socks and you had to, you it was like it was like a glove for your foot if you were going to try on shoes but it was not a sock like there's no real getting away with calling it a sock 
a glove for a it foot? Was, yeah. Like, okay, think about like women's tights. Okay. But this is all genders. This was not for like women's shoes. This was for everyone. Yeah. And it was just shorter than tights and you put it over your foot. Like, I don't know if I can say this, but like, like a little condom for your foot. And you can say that, totally. <laughs> okay, cool. It's, um, it's it was like term. a little condom for your foot. And then you would put that in to the shoe so that you weren't like putting your bare foot in shoes that you weren't buying. Yeah. But it wasn't a sock. And then you would know like, okay, well, if it's a little big, that's okay. Because this little foot condom is not thick enough to account for a sock. <laughs> oh, interesting. No, I've never experienced that. Like I'm aware. Don't ask me how I know women in my life. <laughs> you know, when you try on ladies prove it. undergarments, no, swim, yeah. prove it, prove it. Uh, <laughs> when you try on, is this similar to like if you're trying on a, a lady's swimsuit? Shelby, you educate me, but I know there's a little like plastic patch yeah. inside that's like there is. Rip that off when you buy it. Oh. Yeah. But you know, if you want to try it on, so it's like that, but for shoes, right? Yeah, pretty much. But it wasn't automatically in the shoe. You would change it out each time. Whereas on the bathing suits, kind of also the gross thing about that is like oh. they're not changed until you buy it. Like so as mm. however many people have mm. tried that on, that little like plastic piece was there. You know, yeah. So, so it protects the bathing suit, but it really doesn't protect the people trying it on. Like it's equally gross. <laughs> this the I'm starting to feel like the mall should have one initial chamber where you get fully measured, and then no one, no none of the stores need to do yeah. this to their individual stuff. And there's just like sanitized mist the whole time yeah. going through in that one chamber. Yeah. It's like uh, that uh, that scene in Austin Powers where he's like being completely like melted, but for getting measured and desanitized. And then you go through yeah. the wall. Shelby, that was exactly what was in my head. It's very exciting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's the first thing I thought of. Yeah, I, it really did like elicit that. I was like, oh, when he melts in the goo. Yeah, yeah. Then... <laughs> I don't mean to give any you know, current or future billionaires, any ideas that are like kind of half baked and, and I haven't really recognized, you know, what effects that they'll have on the, you know, the future of the world and, mm -hmm. and everything and natural resources. But it seems like a good idea for a store would be a store that just, they put you in some sort of scanner, 3d scanner, and they get all your sizes. And instead of you having to go to the mall and be like, can I get a large and an extra large? I'm kind of an in-betweener, and, so, and this one kind of makes my tummy look fat. Like, they just know what size. The store just knows, and they're like, oh, this shirt, you're a medium or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like yeah. something Bezos would, would be good at. Yeah. I Don't love steal that. my idea, Bezos. I'm coming for you, bro. I love that. I – it – did you – do you guys know the movie Clueless <laughs> with uh, Alicia sure. Silverstone? Because yeah. she oh, has yes. she has that closet with oh. like the computer and she's just like, this is the outfit. And it like shoots <laughs> it out at her. That was always sick. I always wanted that. No one's really made that happen. So two ways. Make it happen. Bezos looking at you, King. <laughs> yeah, I don't I hadn't seen Clueless until I think last year. And I saw that computer and I was like, that is still better than what we have for online shopping now. We're still catching it up. It is crazy. <laughs> like you would think, I mean, it was like a brilliant thing to invent for the movie. Yeah. Someone should have taken it by the reins. This morning, I'm, I'm not going to say her name because she'll turn it on. But I, I asked uh, <laughs> I asked what time it was in Japan because I was interested in the Olympics. And then she said, 
I have some news from Fox News about Japan. Would you like to hear it? And I was like, absolutely I not. So. <laughs> I, I cannot imagine that that's going to be a great news story. Whatever you got. You're like, it's too early to know. I can't know yet. <laughs> I can't know yet what they're talking about. That's not for me. No. Yeah, I got I stuff to do yet. yet. <laughs> I have to, oh, I have to I live my, my day. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm thinking back to this Brannock device thing, because in the past, <laughs> none of these options, right? No computers, no Internet, no nothing. And so in 1925, there was a guy named Charles F. Brannock, who was 22 years old, working at his family's shoe store in Syracuse, New York. And he designed and patented this device. And according to the Smithsonian, before the Brannock device was invented, shoe salesmen used size sticks to measure feet, which is kind of like a ruler, I'm sure. Uh, but they only measured the length of the foot, and the big innovation of the Brannock device was also doing the width at the same time. Because it's got that, like, side thing for doing that. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure, like, just having the back of the heel, maybe that, maybe they had that on the stick, but, like, having the heel thing to, like, start it off, yeah, that's got to be part of the invention that really hit the ground running. That's awesome. I, I totally. can't imagine the stick was very uniform or accurate like city by city or region by region because it's just like oh it's just a stick and a guy like makes some notches on it yeah whereas this is like a real it's a real hefty contraption with some real official numbers you know there's like one cute shoe store owner like a cobbler who really took it seriously and like taped something on the back to like fit on the heel and he was like i love this (laughs) and then this 22 year old kid was like i got something better (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was my well. That was my question before you got to this information about the stick. Was every shoe just custom before nineteen nineteen? Oh yeah. From from what I could research, it seems like it's like all clothing with the industrial revolution, where just they were all handmade until they weren't, kind of thing. Oh, okay. but but shoe yeah. sizing was still a lot looser in the past, and then has gotten more codified. But even now, it's like that thing you said, Brad, about sneaker buying, where you'll still get. Like, you'll try to order something in the same size, and it's different. The The shoe sizing system is still a mess. I don't know if this is, like, especially in men's shoes, like, a way to f- make you feel, like, more of a man. It's like, oh, we make these small, so you have to get, like, oh. an 11 and a half, even if you're a regular 11. Because now, like, oh, I'm a big boy. I got big feet. Wow. You know what that means? Uh, but, like, I don't know. It's like, I, I just kind of am beginning to learn, like, now in my mid to early late 30s, like, Oh, yeah. Okay. Adidas, they're always a little bit smaller. Nike, they're always a bit right. And so now I kind of know, all right, I'm probably I probably should get one like a half size smaller or a half size bigger with that. And, you know, as you mentioned, with the industrial revolution, the sort of need to standardize everything so you can mass produce thousands of shoes a day or whatever. It's still not really standard at all because it's we're we're deep into the 21st century and still Nike and Adidas have different opinions on what a size 10 is. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's they just kind of making it up still. But it's yeah. on a, it's on they like wrote down a system and they put labels on everything and it's still made up. It's great. It's Shelby's mom's system. It's like, all right, <laughs> yeah. you fit in this. You're you can right. get in there if you need to get in there. Yeah. It's like if you got <laughs> O negative blood. It's like, yeah, well just stick any blood in you. It'll work. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do people know their blood types? I don't know mine. (laughs) That's probably from my mom, too. I have no idea. 
I guess are we doxing do. ourselves if we say? Maybe we don't say. I don't maybe, know. Maybe yeah, can, can you be doxed if you say? I don't know. <laughs> All I can say is you can try, but I don't know the answer, so you won't get to dox oh, yeah, me. Yeah. No one can dox me. <laughs> I'm undoxable. I don't know the answers. Off the blood grid. Nice try. The scariest thing would be if someone actually messaged me and was like, I know it. And <laughs> 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 so I was like, no problem. I got you. It would be helpful, but scary <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the the next number here, this is speaking of the wideness of the world, the next number here is 24 billion. 24 billion with a B. That's just the approximate number of pairs of shoes that get made each year by industry. And uh, National Geographic says that's the number for 2018, so maybe it's a little more or less now. But they say 24 billion shoes per year, pairs of shoes. Uh, and they no, also that's say 48 billion shoes. Right. It's yeah. do a little bit yeah. of rough math. <laughs> <laughs> and that's they also crazy. say 2 billion pairs are sold just in the U.S. alone, which is more than seven pairs per American. I feel like and I don't think I'm buying that many. I think other people are spiking it. Well, it's the the sneaker culture. Like Oh yeah. And listen, I'll say it. Women. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it. Why not? We love Thank shoes. Thank you for being brave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'll take yeah. my purple heart at any time. But I <laughs> um yeah, sneaker culture and and people like me. <laughs> <laughs> just you know you have to have it different is. shoes for different occasions it's it's but especially those sneaker heads where it's like they buy another hundred for their special closet that has like track lighting or whatever yeah like it's it's really out of control <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna take us to the next number so we're not in the modern day anymore because boy these sneaker people take uh, us back to when children were making shoes alex yes please <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I think that's all here is, unfortunately. Uh, but but the next number, <laughs> next number here is fourteen, and that is a U.S. men's shoe size. Fourteen is supposedly the shoe size of President Warren G. Harding, and Smithsonian claims that is the largest recorded shoe size of an American president. Uh, and he's not famous for being tall or giant or anything, but he's the guy. I know. I had. I'm googling this right now. He was six foot. Six foot, but with a 14? Yeah. Man could hoop. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised Trump hasn't tried to prove uh, that his oh. foot is bigger or something. Many people are saying he has the biggest Yeah. <laughs> many people. Many people would say, <laughs> I have the biggest feet. No, with the tiny hands thing, you would think that he would have been like, measure my foot. <laughs> I'm, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a picture of Warren G. Harding or a paint. Well, I guess some of these are photographs. He could have been like a Hollywood actor. Oh, yeah. When he, For I, like I, a Robert De Niro type. He's got a strong, he's got a strong brow, some strong yeah. eyebrows. Yeah. Nice, yeah. Like a really like intense like looking a, guy. I, I don't know if he'd be like timothy chalamet no but i like i think he'd be like a strong like actor in like a a movie about investment banking like yeah. throw him in there with in margin call or the wolf of wall street <laughs> yeah. it's just like, or like some the big guy short like, like he's like yeah. someone who got really hurt by the big short you know yeah yeah some kind of judge in a movie but like a pretty handsome one where you're like oh all right hey yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <Cool>. exactly <laughs> so size 14 14 is like, what is the, 
equivalency from inches to size. Is there one? Or centimeters? I guess, look at me being really nationalist. Centimeters is sort of the way of the world. <laughs> so I can I can Google it rapidly because uh, it's it's also you don't the kind have of thing this where... ready. Well, also sizes like are kind of nationalist. Thing. They're different country by country. Yeah, I don't know. Have, have either of you guys lived or spent much time in someplace other than America? Because when you go to Europe, you're like, 49? What the <laughs> yeah, hell? Yeah. Have you ever won a compliment? <laughs> I'm a giant! Place, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also like Birkenstocks are European sizes only and like things like that. Yeah, and we'll get into those like scales a little bit. and the, But also the... All of this sizing is a little bit fuzzy. Like it, it varies from brand to brand. My my fast googling says that a U.S. men's size fourteen shoe is eleven point eight seven five inches long, or thirty point two centimeters. So it's like a big foot, but but it's not uh, freaky or anything. It's it's less than an yeah. inch bigger than mine, a size twelve. So I, I can Listen. imagine. It. I know the kid's 12, or 22, I mean, when he made this. But couldn't we have made it more standardized in some way? When we were when we were getting a device, couldn't we have been like, all right, 10 <laughs> inches is a size 10. 11 inches is a yeah. size like, or like Just knock it out. Or is like centimeters probably makes more sense. I think there's an inch difference in foot is a pretty big difference. But like, come on. <laughs> 11.78, you said? That's such a random. Where did we come up with that? <laughs> That's so yeah. weird. 11.875. Yeah. It's very, it's very ridiculous. And it's also the kind of thing where Harding was president in the 20s, so we don't know how exact the measuring was. Uh, we'll also link a Mental Floss article that claims that Lincoln had a size 14, but the source link there is dead because it's an old article and so can't confirm it. But Lincoln was also tall. Like he's the tallest president, and so it's surprising Harding was right there with maybe huge feet of maybe a size. Yeah. When the the last number here, this this gets even bigger. The last number is thirty seven AA. There's another U.S. men's shoe size, but thirty seven AA is the shoe size of the tallest human on record. Uh, and I, I sent you guys a picture of him. His name was Robert Pershing Wadlow. He is the tallest person that there is like solid evidence of their height for was born in 1918 and eventually grew to be 8 feet and 11.1 inches tall, which is 272 centimeters, uh, but yeah, nearly 9 feet tall. 8 foot 11. Oh, my gosh. He was just like, oh, one more inch. Yeah. yeah one more and I could be nine. <laughs> I mean, I think people might have seen them if they've like been to any uh city and they have that ripley's believe it or not like i think i don't know i feel like i've yeah. seen many statues or uh wax renditions of this guy in my life he looks familiar yeah he I, weren't people i could be so wrong on this my understanding is that we also like as a people have gotten taller over time like we used to be shorter yeah like, i've read that I've, I've read that too yeah so like that's why a lot of like older houses will have shorter door frames is because like we didn't used to be very tall but that's even crazier because like then the people in comparison i mean now yeah. we have like Giannis is what seven foot like seven foot yeah yeah actually no that's like a whole two feet taller than Giannis. yeah ah, that's so scary <laughs> comparison yeah. like a tall person was like five five i feel like so that's crazy 
like the same the same shoe size scale as we're on today. He wore a 37 AA. That shoe is about 18.5 inches long or 47 centimeters. Uh, and then the AA part is a width measurement. He was narrower than average width. Um, but that is That's just a strange. strange. That, yeah. <laughs> it kind of makes sense to me looking at his lanky little body that he would yeah little body lanky big body that he would have a narrow foot <laughs> like you you don't understand that the picture is smaller than he was like oh he's tiny yeah, yeah. He's like three inches tall yeah, yeah and that girl with him is really really small mere inches <laughs> yeah how tall do we know do you know from that picture how tall she is no they don't say yeah she is an adult, but she looks like a toddler next to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's in heels. Right. She's even trying to catch up. And he's just like, hello down there. It's ridiculous. But uh, but yeah, and that's kind of, as far as I know, that's sort of the maximum size of a shoe, too, because it's the tallest person. And, and so that's the upper limit people have done uh, is this 37 AA. But uh, from here, I think we can get into the first of three takeaways for the show, because it's about how the sizes work. Takeaway number one... Shoe size numbering is kind of based on barley. Uh, and one one caveat with that, if you're in continental Europe or if you're in Asia, you're on a different system from, from us taping this and from other countries. But for most of the countries where this show is popular, your shoe size number comes from a unit called barley corns, which is an antique unit of measurement based on the size of barley. Fantastic. Tell me more. Are we are we measuring the length of barley corns? <laughs> uh, basically, yes. Yeah, it turns out so barley. It's a it's a big grain, and like centuries ago, they did not have easy access to rulers and tape measures and so on, and so they developed a measurement called the barley corn, and they decided that three barley corns is about the length of one inch. Way way back in the day. And that became one of the units in the imperial system of measurements that we mostly just still use in the U.S. Uh, but it has like lasted as a way of doing shoe sizes. Each each one shoe size in the U.S., U.K., Canada, Australia, Ireland, New Zealand, a few other countries. Uh, each like one of shoe size is one barley corn. It's one third of an inch. What? Yeah, that's so. <laughs> it's really that ridiculous. Is so truly. Um... Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> we really just said that'll work. <laughs> no need. I mean, and it feels like, you know, going back to something we've touched on a few times, like, I don't know, every every shoe manufacturer is like, oh, let's just grab a different scoop of barley and just see. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll just make that. We'll make that a seven. We'll make that an eight. Yeah. <laughs> That's about right. And it like while they were measuring the barley corn, it like tilted a little bit. So it's a little shorter. The shoe size is a little smaller. It's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's like no wonder we can't get it right. Like, I can't just go into any store and know <laughs> because we're we're going off of grains of sand and hoping that they're all the same. Yeah, yeah, there are different kinds of barley, and they're different sizes. Uh, and and like today, the the inch is based on metric in like a specific way, and so we're kind of getting barley corns backwards from that. We're just saying it's a third of an inch. But for hundreds of years, people were like measuring barley to find out what an inch is to then measure stuff in in Britain, and then then they did a British Empire and spread that around. 
it's always it always comes back to them, doesn't yeah, it? <laughs> it seems to. It really does seem to. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's weird to me too because like so many countries have moved on to the metric system, like they're not on this British Empire system anymore. But specifically in shoe sizes, U.S. and Canada are kind of on the same system, and it's slightly different from the British one. But they're all based on a measurement that's one third of an inch that used to be based on the size of grains of barley. We're we're all just kind of flabbergasted, but uh, but that's what's going on. It, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's also like really really old because I've heard people joke about like hogsheads and fathoms and like other weird old measurements. But uh, according to Professor Robert Taverner of the London School of Economics, there are records of barley corns as measurements from the year 1101 when King Henry I of England said that an inch is three barley corns. Like, this is oh, centuries great, and course. centuries of using <laughs> barley to measure stuff. If King Henry says it, it's true. Yeah. 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 First Henry, come on. I always say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure he was a good guy with no faults. <laughs> Many people said he had the most barley corn feet. Yeah. Many people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That is so... Um, I it just I get part of me is like well yeah if it's working why change it like if it's not broke don't fix it and then the yeah. other part of me is like what are we doing we're not farmers all of us like let's just like we have right. so many things now <laughs> can't we <laughs> make it better <laughs> yeah it's like I I had to google a picture of barley because I didn't totally know what it looked like let alone find some to do measurements, you know? Let's move on. Forget it. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I feel like I only know it from, you sent us this picture, and I feel like this shot is in every beer commercial where it's like someone's dipping their hands into this yeah. vat of barley, and it's like, oh, we only got the finest hops in our in our <laughs> water, in our beer water. <laughs> come come on down to Colorado and drink. A, this, this is Sam Elliott talking, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just dip your oh, hand in some barley. <laughs> dip your hand in some barley. Just get your foot out, too. We'll just see how big you are. <laughs> we do everything out here <laughs> in golden Colorado. But and, uh, and the, the U- so the UK developed this imperial measurement system. They did the barley corn and then spread it to basically the former British Empire, including the US. And also, if you try to like, Google this to be sure. You'll find it varies slightly among different companies exactly what the the different sizes are. But in general, one unit of U.S. shoe size or U.K. or Canada, Australia, New Zealand, that's equal to a third of an inch, which comes from the barley corn. So you can kind of measure your own foot if you want to see your approximate size at home. And then there's also like a starting point because it doesn't start from like nothing, you know, oh. so you, you have to okay. measure it from there. And then the starting point is based on a thing called a last, which was like a dummy of a foot that they used for hand making shoes in the past. So it's also based on that past stuff. It's all it's all antique. I don't want to get into the shoe game because I don't <laughs> well, I feel like I've got other stuff going on. But I want the people who yeah. are involved in the shoe game to fit, to get together, put their heads together, and really figure something else out. <laughs> yeah, when well, and the the shoe games in other countries, I guess uh, they, there are these other systems. And and in my like sneaker tag, I'll see the other measurements next to it. One system is called Paris points, 
because French shoemakers in the 1800s developed it. And that's just where one shoe size is two-thirds of a centimeter. And that's a little bit more than a quarter inch. So it's actually kind of similar. But, uh, and that's based on rice, or what's that based on? <laughs> it's based on, of course, it's based on burnt cigarette. Yeah, butts. yeah, yeah. That's the butt of a cigarette. It's yeah. a half of a butt of a cigarette. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just baguettes and stuff. Ah, the French jerks. Yeah. Uh, um, yep. But uh, but that that system from Paris is what they use in continental Europe. Uh, like outside the UK and Ireland, and it's usually listed as like the European Union size on a on a shoe. If you see that, there's also the Japanese size, which is just the length of your foot in centimeters. It's very straightforward. So if you see that, that's very uh, easy to understand. Not surprised that that one probably just makes the most sense. <laughs> we should all do that one. <laughs> and then the the last one here is an attempt to like get everybody on the same page. It's called Mondo Points. And this was developed in the 1970s. Mondo means world. Uh, but there was a group called the International Organization for Standardization. But the system is like the length of your foot in centimeters and then another number for the width of your foot as a percentage of the length of your foot. And I know you're falling asleep as I say this. That's why no one uses Mondo points. It's only used for basically ski boots now because those need to be like perfect. But uh, that was an attempt to get everybody on the same page. Feels like the Esperanto of of uh, yeah <laughs> foot sizes. Yeah. Mondo points, Mondo Mondo Burger from Good Burger. That's what that made me think of. Oh, which was the like competitive? That was the competitor burger to the Good Burger. <laughs> That's right across the street. Yeah, and they like all wore like metallic clothes. So yeah. I remember the feeling of that movie. I remember yeah. like those <laughs> things happening. You remember the it. vibes. <laughs> yeah. Remember the vibes. I remember there were our friends who made the good burger. And then yeah. there was like I feel like this was the plot of many nineties mm. and early two thousands era things where it's like an evil techno thing like yeah. company that does the same thing as us is across the street. <laughs> you know, I think they did this I think this was the exact plot of the dodgeball movie. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, oh, they just got some silver suited and it was thing. the same color scheme, like a purple, silver, kind of green. Like that is the color scheme of like evil on the other side of the street. <laughs> it's like purple, yeah. silver, and black. Yeah, wow. Off of that, we are going to a short break, followed by a whole new takeaway. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! It's hard to explain what happens on Jordan Jesse Go. So I had my kids do it. Saying swear words. Saying swear words. Yeah, um, bad jokes. Bad jokes? Bad jokes. Maybe it's like 
you tell people that you're going to interview them, and then you just stay there, like, like really quiet and try and creep them out. <laughs> it's just really boring. Because of Jordan, right? Not me. Because of both of you. Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for grown-ups. When there's a, there's two more takeaways for the main show. Let's get into the next one. Takeaway number two. We are only starting to study the impact of pregnancy on shoe size. Because it turns out, and and I I don't know if either of you know of this idea or if like the entire audience does, but I but I did not know that there's a belief out there that when women have a pregnancy and, and have a baby, their feet get bigger. And, and like in a lasting way, not in just uh, it swells up during or something. Now, I'm not surprised that we're only beginning to, to study that because I'd imagine <laughs> for the length of human history, women were like, man, I think I need bigger shoes. And science was like, no, shut up. You're fine. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were like, mm, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so yeah. when you get pregnant, my feet don't change size. My being a man. <laughs> yeah. So not, not going to look into that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad though. I'm glad. Yeah, we're yeah, starting to study I feel this. Like we should study this stuff. I I have like known that I have like people in my life that have ha- like had babies that are like, yeah, my sh- feet are like a size bigger than they used to be. Like f- like yeah. fully a size, not like marginally, like significantly bigger. Yeah, real change. And and I I once I read about this, I asked my mom and she said, "Yeah, my, yeah, a little bigger, you know." And it's a thing. Yeah. It goes on. Yeah. So you got to get all new shoes. And like I said, you know got- women be shopping. <laughs> <laughs> you know who got pregnant a lot? Warren G. Harding. Oh, yeah. Re- really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, do you guys know that Warren G. Harding had tons of affairs? It's one of the main things about him. He Oh, like, no. Like before and maybe during the presidency. Yeah. Just all the time. Really? Yeah. He, he, was, he was kind of a, a, a scammy dude. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, he wasn't one of the better. He wasn't one of the good good ones. I don't think. No, not great. I don't know. <laughs> Died in office, and otherwise no. would have probably been tried. He wasn't one of the good guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So so women, uh, I have probably known forever that at least as long as there have been shoe sizes, basically that you might need bigger shoe sizes after a pregnancy. And there was apparently the first study of it in 2013. So I was starting to actually look at it. 2013? <laughs> yes. My God. <laughs> you know. That must be hard, though. You know, you ha- you live your entire life and you have shoes. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, none of these fit. I have to, I've got to start from scratch with all my shoes. Yeah. Luckily, my mom has me buying shoes 18 sizes big. So I'm good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when I have kids, I'm going to be ready. solid. You have that cushion. You have yeah. that three <laughs> yeah, size up and down cushion. Ready to go. Yeah, yeah room yeah, to grow into. <laughs> yeah. My mom has a real room to grow mentality but so do they know i guess it's new who knows i know know? definitely after your first baby for sure are we saying every time you have a kid it's a little bit bigger or is it just like once your body goes through the change you're that's now your new size that's a great question they're they're saying it's mainly the first baby does it yeah and much less so the further further pregnancies uh and this was prior to 2013 we wouldn't have had an answer to this yeah, Which, yeah, we wouldn't have had any no, any idea. no yeah. formal, peer-reviewed <laughs> studies on this issue. Well, I'm just curious, like evolutionarily, like because most things that our bodies do, like there's some like grand, like 
is it because you need more balance because you're carrying a baby? Like what is, I want to know like why our bodies would do that. (laughs) I'm just thinking I have not an answer. It's like, that's like the next thing we should study because they have a couple theories from this, but they don't totally know for sure. And like, like one theory is just that it's the stress of carrying the additional weight of a baby and dealing with that. But there's also a theory they they know that a pregnant woman's body releases a hormone called relaxin, which I know sounds made up, but it's called relaxin. And it like loosens ligaments in the body to help it change shape a bit to accommodate a baby. And the thing is the hormone just goes all over your body. Like it's not very targeted. And so they think that it might be like a knock-on effect of a useful hormone for containing a baby. That just your foot is like, ah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Folks, Shelby, Shelby just did like a flattening out motion with her hand and that's what yeah. the foot does. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I dramatically take off my glasses in the corner of the room. Might I propose a third theory? Whoa. Yeah. Go ahead. This is a global conspiracy oh. by the sneaker companies to get women <laughs> to buy new shoes. Yeah, we need to start looking into the, the relationship between Big Pharma and Big Sneaker. Nike, <laughs> Adidas, Asics, uh, New Balance. They've all come together. And they're working and they with Pampers. Every- oh, yeah. <laughs> it's an Ouroboros of globalism that needs to be stopped. I hope. Not to duck on him, but I hope Asics was like, can I please be in the conspiracy? And the cooler ones yeah. were like, yeah, sure, fine. <laughs> no. <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> Asics is fine. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, <laughs> I love Asics, but they are sort of the nerdier younger brother to the rest of them. New Balance yeah. was sort of the nerdy older brother, and then Kawhi got in on it. And now it's, you know, they get to be a little yeah. bit cooler now. And baseball. Baseball has a lot of New Balance. Well, New Balance's thing, too, is like... Hey, we got the stars now, but we're still not cool. And isn't that cool that yeah. we ha- that your dad's they they still look like your dad wears them when he's about to like hit up the lows early on a Saturday morning. Yeah, New Balance <laughs> is a dive bar in Brooklyn that's drinks are still like eighteen bucks. You know, <laughs> they're like they're like no, we're like chill, we're so chill. But it's like, well, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, uh, and the specific thing that happens with the feet, this is a study, it was at the University of Iowa, it was Dr. Neil Siegel, who's a professor of orthopedics and rehabilitation. He studied it because he'd just heard about this thing everyone knows, and then <laughs> surveyed a group of women, they mostly said it happens, and then he said, okay, we're going to do a, an actual study. They got a sample of 49 pregnant women. They followed them from the first trimester until five months after delivery, measuring their foot size the whole way. And they found that what happens is the foot does not actually like increase in bones or, or mass or anything, but it gets flatter. The arch gets a little lower and then it gets a little longer. So it is the the like the relaxing. Uh, it's relaxing, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they found that the this was for about 60 to 70% of the women they studied this happens. The low end of the change was two millimeters longer. The high end was 10 millimeters longer. And 10 millimeters is 0.39 inches. That's more than a third of an inch. It's more than one barley corn. That's a barley corn yeah, for it's sure. It's an actual yeah. entire size. <laughs> We're talking a barley corn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as you know, that really is saying something nowadays. It's true. Yeah, yeah. 
it's so funny to me that and listen i give him credit he heard about it and he was like all right i gotta look into this but that women were still kind of like i don't know it does happen but i don't really care to look into like we were like no one cares and then some guy was like you guys don't care (laughs) what do you mean (laughs) women were still just kind of like yeah we just kind of take our lumps on that one buy new shoes figure it out hope for the best (laughs) Yeah, you know, caring for a new human life, vomiting in the morning, being tired, rush of hormones. I think like, I think like the barley corn on the, you know, doesn't, (laughs) it's not like in the top 10 most important things during my pregnancy. I want to make sure I got the right vitamins. They were like, I'll get new shoes when I get new shoes. I'm wearing slippers anyway. Like I don't, it doesn't matter right now. (laughs) Are Are those two Kleenex boxes on your feet? Yes. Yes. Don't worry about it. It, they feel better than my shoes. I don't know what happened, but at some point, all my shoes stopped fitting. I don't, I don't, I don't have time to get to the store. I would love to. I don't have time. And when I order them online, they don't fit. It's real. Yeah, man. <laughs> but yeah, but science is starting to catch up. Very exciting. And, uh, and ladies, uh, look into new shoes if you have a baby. It's probably worth doing. The last takeaway of the main show here, takeaway number three... Shoe sizes helped reunite two pairs of Dorothy's ruby slippers. That is like Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. uh, There are a few of the actual slippers from the movie, and shoe sizes are how we reunited some messed up pairs of them. Okay. Continue. (laughs) It's a whole, it's kind of a crime caper, and the main sources here are PBS NewsHour and the Smithsonian, BBC News, and then the Toronto Star. Uh, but they talk about how the the Wizard of Oz, it was filmed between 1938 and 1939. PBS says the production made at least seven prop pairs of the ruby slippers that Dorothy wears. Um, and four of them survived to the modern day. There's like a privately owned pair. We don't know where. There's one at the like Academy of Motion Pictures Museum in L.A. And then there's a pair at the Smithsonian and a pair at the Judy Garland Museum in Grand Rapids, Minnesota, which is her hometown. So those are the four pairs all over the U.S., basically. And they're all different sizes? Yeah, and some of them are different sizes. It turns out in particular that the pair that the Smithsonian had, uh, the article describes it as kind of a secret. But if you press them, they would admit that one shoe was size 5C. And the other shoe was size 5 BC. And those letters are different widths. So Before they... Christ and during Christ. <laughs> <laughs> like one of them's a Flintstone one. Like it's yeah. really old. And then the yeah, other, and the one, other is... one. Yeah. <laughs> Jetsons, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh... <laughs> but she was like, Judy Garland was yeah. like 16 or 17 when they made that movie. Maybe she was still growing. Or she just needed the wide one for like all the dancing, you know, when she's dancing well, with that scarecrow, she needs just more, more <laughs> length, more width, rather. I don't know. It's totally possible. Yeah, I'd believe it. And so somebody was very excited about them because they stole one of the pairs. Um, thieves broke into the Judy Garland Museum in August of 2005. The BBC describes it as a smash and grab. They just like broke the display and took it very, very uh, bluntly. They also say, quote, almost no clues were left behind, neither footprints nor fingerprints, and the surveillance camera was not working that night, end quote. So they had no idea who did it. They worked for them. It's an inside job. (laughs) 
It's an inside job. They didn't look at the right people. Oh, yeah. If the if the cameras aren't working, they work there. Yeah. The one night they're not working, <laughs> yeah, they work security at the museum and they sold them off for a lot of money because they weren't getting paid a lot doing security at the Judy Garland Museum. <laughs> Just go to Liza also... Minnelli's house and get a warrant. Open her closet. Oh, exactly. <laughs> We, we, there was a past episode of this about the scream, the painting, the scream, and they just also did not have the security cameras set up when that was stolen one time. I think this happens in a lot of museums. Like they just don't, they put up a security camera and hope people are deterred and then don't run it. Which is so funny because it's like the only thing you have going on as a museum is the stuff inside. Just like all you <laughs> need to be doing. <laughs> There's nothing else interesting but the stuff that you have inside. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah alex you read off all the 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 locations of the four the four iconic pairs of judy garland shoes as you're saying it in my head and you said you mentioned something about them being stolen i was like judy garland museum probably sounds like the least secure of all of those like smithsonian <laughs> yeah like you're oh right. we got stuff here we got the declaration of independence that I, I don't know if they do <laughs> but i would imagine maybe you know, like they got stuff there. They got Apollo Eleven just sitting around, sitting right there. Yeah, they probably have some good security. Judy Garland Museum in Grand Rapids, Michigan, Minnesota. Actually, it's not it's, even oh, the main Grand Rapids. Of all the Grand Rapids, it's the it's the worst of them. But I, but here's the thing: I agree Enemy of all with you Grand Rapids. in that they me. have more to protect. But I disagree in that. Oh, this is all Grand Rapids, Minnesota has. You would think they're it's like the this is thing. our crown jewel. We protect this with our lives. To be honest, they don't even really have the name Grand Rapids. <laughs> so they, you're right. They have to, they have to protect right. the yeah, little they're they like, have. We have Judy Garland, a stage name, by the way, <laughs> not even her real name. Um, <laughs> they're like, so. What even is real? They're like, prote- yeah. they're protecting like a make-believe person. It's truly just a stage <laughs> name. But um, <laughs> they. Uh. They don't have much else going on. You would think that they would be like, all right, the city together, we all agree to up our taxes to protect Judy and her museum. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly right. Like, like that's the main exhibit. What yeah. else is going to be there? Like her her makeup from a thing? Yeah. Or, I don't know. She's very exciting, but the physical props are like this, and that's yeah. it. She's exciting, but you don't think of Judy Garland and think of her other projects. You're like, she was Dorothy. Or she's yeah. Liza Minnelli's mom. Mom? Mom. Yeah. I think mom, yeah. I was about yeah. to say daughter. Tough. <laughs> I was like, no. she's Liza Minnelli's daughter. She's so old. <laughs> like, <laughs> it doesn't make sense at all. And, uh, and yeah, so they stole this main thing in the museum that was not secure. And then it took 13 years of investigating to recover it. Like, but they found uh, it. The, the FBI in 2018 did a sting by the art crimes team of the FBI did a sting. They found them in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So they didn't even leave the state. The FBI <laughs> got involved. Art yeah, crimes yeah. division. <laughs> art this crime. is not a Dick Wolf show. Yeah, this is hilarious. I want, I right. want, <laughs> if anyone of you is a producer, give me a call, listeners, um, or you two. Cause I'm gonna make, I'm gonna talk to Dick Wolf and we're gonna have an art crimes show. It's all just like It'll art students that are in in the police force. <laughs> They're all just kind of like, oh, I don't know. The line work on here is a little bit boring. <laughs> 
right. Let's not solve it. It's hacky, you know, for yeah. a bunch of <laughs> thefts. Uh, Van Gogh derivative. Um, <laughs> your your entryway character, your point of view character, is like like a FBI trainee who all they want to do is bust terror terrorists. You know, jump on that speedboat full of cocaine, but they're like, "All right, Gumshoe, <laughs> we're reassigning you." You're on the art crimes division. Yeah, and he's like, what? What? <laughs> Someone stole a teenager's shoes from 1933. Get to it. <laughs> Start looking. Go. And the, uh, and the funny, like, next and last step of the story is they were like, we need to check if the slippers are real. <laughs> right? Like, that's their job in this unit. And so they said, who would know but the Smithsonian? So the FBI went to the Smithsonian and said... We recovered the Minnesota pair. Please check if they're real. Smithsonian spent hundreds of hours examining them. They used an electron microscope to check the composition of them. And then uh, in the end, did they just like reach it, reach down and grab a bag of, of barley and be like, this is the only way to know. <laughs> King Henry said it was so. Yeah. The first. The first? Yeah. first Not one. the eighth. Not the eighth. He was up to some other business. Yeah, he was busy. It's the first that we're worried about. <laughs> And, uh, and then not only did they find out they're real, but then they like had this magic moment of the Smithsonian kind of privately knows our shoes don't totally match. And then they found out that the, the recovered pair was the matching two. So the 5BC and the 5C, they like switched it and fixed it after doing this investigation. Wow. Oh, so the Smithsonian had like one slightly wider... They did. And one slightly narrower. Oh, yeah. interesting. So it wasn't quite okay. a pair that whole time. And then the stolen ones were the the right match for both of those. And they fixed it. I think the Federal Bureau of Investigation would have figured that, that one out. <laughs> like, these don't look quite right. Yeah, because everybody, we didn't really talk about it, but a lot of people, their feet are slightly different sizes, you know? Like, so maybe they just thought that was why they were different. But yeah. but no, it was like the the pairs were somehow mixed up in the process of like MGM or whoever giving them away. Some props person was like, I don't know, send the shoes. I don't care. Yeah, these are two <laughs> red ones. Send, you know, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. So at some point there was just a box with like eight of these shoes that we consider priceless now. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in 1941, yeah. they're like, what do we do with these little shoes from that, from that stupid movie with the lion in it? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Just give them away. This is, <laughs> there was a, there was a, I went to summer camp for a number of years and there was a prank one night where all of boys side went to girls side and stole all of the shoes and tied them up. Uh, so they mixed all the pairs. So like you had to, and then they tied them across and like made them kind of into like a telephone wire. But none of the shoes were with their pair. And then everyone had to untie oh. them and put them in a pile and try and find your shoes. And we had to match them. Like there, a lot of people had the same, sh like oh. a lot of people had the same pair of like Nike sneakers. So you had to like go ahead and like find your size and go. And it was then like at yeah. some point it also became like, OK, well, these are all the same size, but there's eight of them. So uh, like which one like are these two are like worn about the same amount like that must be a pair like you would have to and it some people just like never found their pair it just it was such a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> and it was an incredible prank but like wow. people's parents were like i sent you with more shoes than you brought home <laughs> like what's going on <laughs> and it was like yeah well 
The boys. Dead. Blame the boys. I feel, Trust me, I feel I like did. that's like actually how detectives investigate murders. Like how much wear is on these shoes? Yeah, of we were the like, all right, well, murderer. the tread on this one's a little bit light, so that probably goes with this one. And but then you have people <laughs> lying. You're like, well, I barely wore them, and you're like, I saw you wear them like last week. Like you know, like <laughs> kids at summer camp, being like, yeah, one. trying to get the newer pair, being like, I've never worn them before. Those ones are mine. And they're like, mm, <laughs> nothing. And the local police are just like, uh. Uh-uh. We don't want the feds to come in. We don't right. want the art crimes division. Not the argument. Right. Figure it out. This is our jurisdiction now, you local yeah. PDs. Go grab a donut, pigs. <laughs> this is art crimes now. <laughs> Folks, that is the main episode for this week. My thanks to Brett Rader and to Shelby Wallstein for exploring a world of foot sizes with me via shoes. Anyway, I said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now. If you support this show on Patreon.com. Patrons get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. This week's bonus topic is spooky, is creepy. It's the mystery of sneaker-wearing human feet washing up on the beaches of the Pacific Northwest. Visit sifpod.fun for that bonus show, for a library of more than four dozen other bonus shows, and to back this entire podcast operation. And thank you for exploring shoe sizes with us. Here is one more run through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, shoe size numbering, is kind of based on barley. Takeaway number two, we are only starting to study the impact of pregnancy on shoe size. And takeaway number three, shoe sizes helped reunite two pairs of Dorothy's ruby slippers. Those are the takeaways. Also, please follow my guests. They're great. Brett Rader is at Brett Rader on Twitter. That's R-A-D-E-R. Listen to him producing great stuff at Yahoo Sports week in, week out. He's also the host of the Hey Julie podcast, which is covering Big Brother, the, the TV show, and also so much more really, really fun, really, really enjoyable just to hang out about pop culture with, again, Brett Rader, R-A-D-E-R. Shelby Wolstein is on Twitter as well, at Shelby Wolstein. She co-hosts an amazing podcast. It's called Keeping Records. She and her co-host, Caleb Heron, bring on amazing comedian guests to figure out, in a very funny way, how to do a new golden record for the space aliens to send them in space. And of course, Brett and Shelby's shows and tweets and everything else can be found in the episode links. Many research sources this week. Here are some key ones. A great video from BBC Earth Lab. It's made by Matt Parker, and it's called A Guide to Imperial Measurements. A great radio interview from WAMC, which is Northeast Iowa Public Radio. They talked to Professor Neil Siegel from the University of Iowa. Also, a great report we're linking. It's from PBS NewsHour. It's by Julia Griffin, and it covers the twists and turns of Dorothy's ruby slippers. Find those and many more sources in this episode's links at sifpod.fun. 
And beyond all that, our theme music is Unbroken, Unshaven by the Budos Band. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our patrons. I hope you love this week's bonus show. And thank you to all our listeners. I am thrilled to say we will be back next week with more Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then.